All right. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Roscoe's Wetsuit Podcast. I am with a special guest today. We have Kristen Weitzel on the show. Kristen is a health and high-performance maven, certified fitness trainer, breathwork instructor, and nutritionist with a focus on guiding women to optimal health. Always leading with intention and purpose, she's found her greatest fulfillment through coaching women into optimal wellness through her business, Warrior Woman uh, Mode. Her coaching business and the WellPower podcast that she runs allow Kristen to share with a broader audience just how far we can go in the pursuit of optimal performance. And Kristen just launched a new program called the Warrior Woman Meal and Macros Nutrition Plan, which we're going to talk about today. So Kristen, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So tell me about, uh, you know, how, how did you first like hear about biohacking? That's a great question, Toby. Um, the, the, it's been a long time, uh, but it started with food as the epicenter of that journey. I, about 15, maybe 13 years ago now, read a book. I was like feeling a little low energy. I was in my corporate job in New York City, and I thought there has to kind of be a better way to do this. The guy I was dating at the time was digging into sort of like food and nutrition and really sort of what was the bleeding edge back then. We found a book called Clean by Younger, a doctor who talked about food, nutrition, and was basically sort of the precursor to the paleo lifestyle. And mostly the book said, hey, you can tell me, here's my whole meal plan. It's 21 days. It's going to clean out your life, your system. It's going to help your gut. It's going to give you all this energy and, you know, try it or not. But if you don't buy what I'm saying, you know, when you do the plan for 21 days, like I'll take you out to lunch and you can tell me it's all BS. And I sort of was like, oh, this, for some reason that the ending of that book sort of struck me. And I thought, ah, this guy, this can't be working. This won't work. I'm going to just try it. And then of course I tried it. And the moral of the story is that it worked phenomenally and sort of tied me to Mark Sisson, who was the, is sort of the godfather of paleo diet and reading everything he had. And then to Dave Asprey. And then when you start to get into that realm of optimizing human performance, which is a very big thing for Mark and optimizing human everything, which is a very big thing for Dave Asprey, then it led me down that path on a pretty slippery slope right away. I just started digesting all of sort of the things I could read and the blog and trying to look into, you know, Bulletproof Coffee back then, people were just, I thought you were insane and that you'd be like dead within a year. So there was that. And then I was always pretty connected to uh, dance or yoga or wellness or fitness or running or something that was trying to optimize my physique, optimize my mind to be able to kind of keep my stress low. I didn't quite have it grokked then. I was just doing everything thinking, oh, something will pop up and work. But um, yeah, and that sort of like led me all the way here for all these years of N equals one experiments on myself and my physiology to see many of which have been wild and wonderful learning lessons, which yay, we can talk about, but we can also talk about the few times that I've sort of had an epic fail of biohacking just because you get excited to try things that feel a little like not dangerous at all, but just cutting edge or maybe they won't work for you or they'll work for a big, strong six foot five man, but they're going to make me a sweaty mess. So, you know, that's, there's been a whole bunch of things in between, but that's how I got here. Yeah. 
Right. It tends to happen when you experiment on yourself like that. Um, so what, what led you to, uh, to come out with this meal plan? What, uh, what sort of caused you to do that? So the journey, so if I look at my biohacking sort of background and I put it together, I was always, always, always digging into food really deeply. And uh, I wasn't a big cook when I was young. Like my mom cooked for us, but I, I wasn't wildly interested in it. Like in, in, in making anything that was like gourmet or super fancy, but I like to like look at a cookbook, see what was it about, it was about. And then gradually over the years of I want to say obsessing over some of the macronutrients, right? So proteins and fats and, and wondering like how I can cook these things together and make them work. I, I got an affinity for like what's an easy, simple, tasty meal that adheres to some lifestyle eating choice. I hate to say the word diet because people always think that's sort of temporary. I want people to create an eating lifestyle or a diet that they adhere to for the rest of their lives for the most part. So figuring out ketogenic dieting, figuring out paleo back in the day, figuring out, I was like green juicing and um, doing this food combining method from the diamond, there's a husband and wife team that wrote a book and I don't know if it's quite on the money, but it's like, it was about a high water content food and stuff. So I was always like researching food and figuring out how to like put things in the juicer or the blender or the oven or the stove and just creating things. And so that bred a like, let's keep it simple, stupid, but make it really tasty type of a vibe. And that stayed with me for the trajectory of these years and in and out of a, a little bit of the corporate world. But when I started my own business a number of years ago, and I wanted to work specifically bringing optimal wellness to women, because you have seen this, I know that biohacking, that word feels a little like daunting in some ways to some circles. And I think also it has been quite often sort of a man's a little bit like men are a little, little, little less risk averse. So they're like, hey, maybe they're jumping in first or whatever. You might speculate the reasons, but there's been more dudes in biohacking. It's like San Francisco tech hub dudes. Right. I mean, and I mean that with love, right? I always say it's like the biohacking brethren. I say that all the time and that's amazing. But there was, I wanted it to be approachable to women because I always found myself one of the few women in the circle of biohackers or just people who are trying to optimize everything like crazy. And I wanted more women to feel like they could be comfortable with it. And that it actually, although it has a lot of like pomp and circumstance around it, that it's not so difficult to try some easy biohacking at home. And also that it really just means like, what's the best way for us to be optimally well and optimize our health and live longer and look younger and feel better and have energy and play with our kids or whatever the things are, right, that we're more attractive to women than like injecting our our balls with peptides or whatever, you know, <laughs> well so said. through that whole journey, which is like cool too, if you want to do that, but our whole, through that whole journey, I sort of fell in love with food and then like coaching, health coaching, biohacking, fitness coaching women, because I'm a certified fitness trainer and things like that. I just put all the pieces together to make my business. And I said, what I really need to do like the culmination is that people were saying to me, I want X or I want Y, what do I have to eat to get it over and over and over again? And then I got a little reputation, especially when I first moved to LA of being like the girl to go to for supplement advice. And that's because I do, I'm a nutrition specialist. And so like, I always am going to give people supplements that they do need based off their labs, all the pieces of the puzzle that go with that, where it's like, you need to get labs, you need to get tested, you need to know what you have to or what you're deficient in and if you can't fix it with food you fix it with supplements 
knock on wood, or you help supplement your diet. So all of those pieces were falling into place. And I finally just realized like what women need, and this isn't that it doesn't work for men. I just have the macros that are built into it made around a woman, a woman's physiology, age, weight, height, all those things. But what I, what I realized was like, I'm reaching a certain member of the population and my clients are getting this advice. But what I needed to do is create something that was a little bit more robust in the way of a meal plan, but a little less like recipe book. So a lot of times I got meal plans in the past where it's a beautiful packet or booklet or something that had like has amazing recipes but maybe I have to go to the grocery store and buy 15 different ingredients for one. And that's great to do for like a party or a special occasion. But my life is too hectic as a busy entrepreneur. And many people I know, whether it's like family or work or whatever, they just don't want to spend that many hours in the kitchen if they don't love it. So how can I make something that was like a simple, you know, smaller ingredient list that also tasted good that then adhered to an eating lifestyle. So I guess that's the long answer. And then the short answer is I needed, I wanted to find a way that I could feed women, no pun intended, information around managing their macro profile because one diet doesn't suit everyone. So we have to figure out, you know, what our protein gram intake is, what our carbohydrate in gram intake is, what our fat intake is. We have to find out what's best for us, our age and our body, and then also our goals right? So context is really important. Do I want to bulk up and be in a bodybuilding competition? Do I want to like lose a lot of fat because I feel like I'm having challenges with quarantine, whatever it might be. And I wanted to create a program that would teach women enough information along with some healthy, simple recipes so that they could sustain some type of dietary change for the good for the rest of their lives. And so, um, yeah, that wasn't even a short answer either, but you got both. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, you, you know, you mentioned like kind of the variability kind of person to person, um, you know, and obviously with like within the biohacking community seems like, uh, you know, kind of the trend being, you know, high, good fat, low carb. Is that kind of along the lines of, of what you usually recommend or like, can you kind of tell me how the recommendations kind of differ? Um, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I, I have a, you know, I, I, I think everyone should eat the way that makes them feel clean and happy and healthy and their best selves living their best health, but their best health. But it's, it's, you know, it's a very individual choice how you choose to eat. If you want to have McDonald's five times a day through the drive through like that's on you. And the meal plan specifically is really trying to get women which is more or less my target, although it would work for men if they just shifted the macros to their profile, um, to eat and gain some sort of metabolic flexibility. Because more and more in the science, in the literature, it's like, how do we get the, the body's capacity to burn fat as fuel, right? That's like a big keto, bulletproof, you know, paleo thing, like burn, being able to burn more fat as fuel. And at the same time, still keep the capacity to burn carbohydrates as fuel because it is a, a much needed fuel source. It's easy, ener easier energy. Our muscles really need it when we're working out. And there's some sort of balance in everybody's lives that would really be a nice thing. And so, systematically, if we can get ourselves to be like our bodies to say, okay, I got fat, I can burn that as fuel. Okay, I got carbs, I can burn that as fuel. 
really well and to cycle back and forth between the two, then we have a better shot. We have better metabolic flexibility going back and forth between the two, or maybe you would call it metabolic fitness. And so that's the, the premise of the diet is to, it's a 30 day program and it's 10 days of different styles of eating, 10, first 10 days, second 10 days, 10 days, last 10 days. And it's hopefully teaching somebody how to apply different eating styles to be able to like ignite those flames of burning fat or burning carbohydrates as fuel and eventually getting you closer to your goals. Right. Okay. And then what you mentioned supplements earlier. Um, what can you tell me? I know you, you mentioned being a big fan of, of lab testing, but what are, what are common ones that you tend to recommend or that you see a lot of people deficient in? Yeah. The, um, it's like 50% of the world is typically shows up as deficient in magnesium, even though we get it in food. Um, and magnesium is really, it's a big one for me. I, I don't know if it's the number one, but it's just a front of mind because I was having a conversation earlier about it. Um, but it's in the top three. Magnesium is responsible for over 600 systemic functions in the body. And it is, you know, there's a lot of different types of mag magnesium and there's a lot of different studies, but the basic gist is like, I recommend to people if they want to take magnesium glycate or citrate, those are sort of the two best ofs. I take, um, there's a company called Bio Bioptimizers. They have a magnesium formula that is amazing. It's like the five best magnesiums from the literature all in one supplement. So I like dig that. I, I recommend that a lot. I'm, I'm a fan also of like what can I put into one so I don't have to take 400 pills? Because if you saw my cabinet of all the things I sort of test and trial, it's like I have so many supplements. But I think for the average person, you want to take a few supplements, not have it be too overwhelming, and just like move on with your day, right? If you're not going to nerd out about it, then you should just, it should be easy and, and, you know, like an instrumental part of your morning, and then you move on. So magnesium is a big one, um, especially with everything that's going on with sleep. I think it helps a lot with sleep patterning and just how we feel um, in that regard. And then the other big one that I'm, I'm really, really big on, I think, in my opinion, people should be trying to get some sort of fitness regimen on, meaning having some kind of workouts. I always want, I tend to push women a little bit to do some strength training because I think that there is a lack in, you know, there are a little lacks in that area. Like we love, like, I'm generalizing completely. Some women are strength training badasses, but there's a lot of people that I see that it's like we're managing stress. So we're like getting on the Peloton bike and we're just going for, you know, crazy cardio. And I think especially as we age men and women, we need to make sure we're getting strength training. So if I advocate for four plus days a week of some type of workout, including some strength training, mobility, you know, hit training, cardio is great, you know, just not every single day, then I want people to be taking amino acids and specifically um, essential amino acids because we have to recover. And if we don't have amino acids or we're not eating protein every five or six hours, then we need to make sure that we have them in our system. And yeah, those are, those are I would say those are the top two that I am. Um, I vibe on. I mean, there's so many more I could recommend, but those are the top, those are the top two, probably a good multi, you know, if, you can't go wrong with a multi in some, in some cases. And in other cases, it's just very expensive urine because it, you know, you don't have a deficiency and then you hear about vitamin D deficiency a lot these days, right? With COVID and everything that's going on and 
even when we live in, in sunny places, if we're not getting vitamin D in the early morning hours, then we're not getting, you know, via sunshine, getting outdoors, then we're not getting enough. Right. So that's, that's a common deficiency. People will come to me and be like, I'm deficient in vitamin D. And it's like, yeah, you and 30% of the other people. So it's okay. <laughs> and then uh, kind of uh, along similar lines, what about, um, I know we'd been corresponded to, corresponding about uh, nootropics. What, um, I guess, first, I think I, I've mentioned them on the show a few times, but basically for those listening, kind of cognitive enhancing supplements, drugs, I guess, could say different modalities but what uh what are your favorite nootropics my favorite nootropics um i so i think i started my journey with like the caffeine l-theanine thing so l-theanine being an amino acid itself and then mixing with caffeine and the reaction that they have together gives you like this boost of clarity and focus i um i really like that stack of well, L-theanine in coffee is where I started, and I st- started stacking it later with like lion's mane and mushrooms and things like that. It's a little bit more not like if we want to get really nerdy, that's like adaptogen, not nootropic. So I started stacking that. Um, but L-theanine in coffee is a relatively safe if you're a caffeine drinker because it has it's the caffeine. It could be tea. It just has to be the caffeine reaction to the L-theanine. It's a nice, easy starter like gateway. It's like the gateway stack. <laughs> to nootropics and then um yeah and then the other one that i'm like super fond of right now is blue canatine have you seen this it's like say the name again it's called blue canatine by troscriptions and it's no one it's like i have to call the brand because no one's really doing a combination like this and they're like lab testing in the u.s and really focused on on sort of like the cleanness of it and it's a uh uh People on social media are like sticking out their tongue and it's half blue because you take this troche, this little square. It's like odd. It's on the desk. I have one like right here. It's like a little square blue that's in this package. But um, and you put it in the upper part of your cheek and you let it dissolve. And it's the troche is cut in four. So you can kind of dose yourself. You can titrate up or down and it has CBD in it. Right. So it's like part of the CBD craze, but it also has caffeine and nicotine. And sort of the combination of all of them together are gives you this really hyper focused, very I just find like linguistically for me, it really helps when I'm like doing an interview or having a conversation. Recently I started to um dabble a bit with it before I go to train at the gym, which is sort of a different experience. Again, you're like not getting high, it's hemp based C B D and it's uh, methylene blue, which is like for people who need to methylate better, but um, that's so that's why it's blue. It's not like they color it blue just for fun ritual, but it has um methane methylene blue in it. So the the combination of those four ingredients, they give you a little energy boost, right? Caffeine. Nicotine is sort of the vilified ingredient in there, but it is not like cigarette nicotine per se. It's not in a tobacco. It's clean, it's very, very small dosage. And there's some strong research that says that it um brings up sort of mental acuity, focus awareness. So it's a nice it's a nice nootropic to take to titrate a small amount before you have a hyper-focused workday on some things that either might be highly creative or highly verbal. And I also think it gives you like a big level of focus. So it's like not dangerous when I take a small troche and I put it in and I go to the gym because it's, I'm not having any sort of psychoactive component or anything like that. Just 
just like what caffeine might do to you plus plus so i i like it a lot it's sort of fun too because people the last time i did a week ago or something i brought it to the gym and someone was like did you have a blue lollipop before you came to the gym today because it just it turns your mouth blue from the methylene blue but um i love it i i know the guys who i have interviewed them because i was so curious about it because i i cbd is cool but it was always not like top of mind for me so i got a lot more research on it and yeah, those the, the ingredients and combination just I vibe with them. Yeah, it's definitely a very unique formulation. I haven't heard of anything with combining all of those ingredients before. Have you uh, played around with any of the racetams? No, like uh, you just you just did a, an interview with someone talking a little bit about like the microdosing world. So there's some of that because I was over visiting Amsterdam. So okay. so when I go off into that left field direction. And it's in a country that's legal. I like to experiment a bit with that because it's like we—it's not like anything we can get here legally or easily. And it's also um, super, super interesting. But not racetam, and then um, not metformin. But what's the other one that asked? Uh, Modafinil. Modafinil, yeah. So, so yeah, like I don't—I don't play too much in that world. Although you know, I have a lot of interest in it. But it's sort of the challenge with me is I have to like I. I don't ever layer anything new in multiples in my life because of supplementation and because anything I recommend to clients or try, I make sure that I'm on for 30 days myself without shifting anything else and sort of, you know, best I can, like sleep and stuff may change a little, but I don't add a bunch of supplements and then say, oh, I like this one because then I don't really know. And so like, I'm always like on a 30 day cycle of, okay, I put something new in or I took something out or whatever. So it's hard for me to try all of these things, but have you? Um, yeah, I've, I, honestly, I don't notice like anything from most of the racetams besides like phenylparacetam. That one definitely feels, you know, like caffeine, kind of a similar kind of stimulant sort of clear headedness. But I'm curious what, uh, so you, you mentioned kind of playing around with, uh, uh, in countries where they're legal, uh, with microdosing, what, what have you noticed the effects of that to be? I mean, it's wild. I, I also will just say that my fourth favorite nootropic, which is probably my first favorite, is breath work because I think there is the capacity to shift our mind, shift our body, shift how we're feeling, shift, you know, we're shifting our pH, we're shifting all this stuff. So it's like that one's free. And it's really amazing what you can do from a physical standpoint and from a mindset standpoint with breath work, which even as I say it, and, and now I'm a breathwork coach and now, and I, I super love it, but it's only in the last couple of years that I've dive that I have, that I dove into it really deeply. And so I, when I say it, I'm like, do I sound airy, a little airy fairy, but it's like, it's unbelievable the power of the breath as it connects to the nervous system, which is your mind. And so really shifting like state shifting, is so, you know, it's, it's logical, but it sounds like, oh, I'm just going to do breathing. And because we have this, I think, idea of what breathwork is. But so I, I like to put that on the map too, that that's like a free, amazing way to shift how you're feeling. I'm not telling anyone here, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not telling anyone to go out their meds, but breathwork can shift your mind and how you're feeling and your state for the day. And even from moment to moment, if you're feeling panic, stress, all that stuff. And I think clarity and focal energy and brain power too like you can energize and charge up your system with breath work and that in some cases is why i'm taking a nootropic but when it comes to the, the hard stuff the good stuff 
beyond that, that's not available here. Um, psilocybin is the thing that I've played with the most. And I, I comparatively it, so, you know, you can titrate enough, you can put, take a large enough dose that it's like psychoactive and you have a whole experience that's very different than just microdosing. So let's be clear that microdosing is, is the intended design of it is to perk you in some direction, but not to get you high. And psilocybin, I think, um, has given me a lot more, for me, uh, like a half a psilocybin. And the psilocybin I took, I've tried it just both dried in Amsterdam and then also like powdered, refined, mixed with lion's mane, et cetera. A little bit of, um, uh, a little bit of the activator they put in it. They put in niacin, just a tiny, tiny fraction of amount just to kind of activate it. So I've tried it both ways. And what I find is that, especially for me, when I want to have some more creative energy, when I'm like working on the website or working together on someone's plan or an event or, um, you know, giving myself some space to be creative about what I'm planning for the future, long-term goals, how I'm feeling about something, it gives me the capacity to, to do that creative thing. And especially when it comes to emotional response, the psilocybin seems to like it once it's not blunting but it makes me feel like I don't have to be so hypersensitive to the emotion I can actually like have the emotion and then have the thought process and know they're both there but not be sort of like overwhelmed by one or the other so it's like quite often you hear about this about people using ketamine and you know people are dealing with dealing with massive amounts of trauma or PTSD or using all of this and there's um third wave is that what it's called there's a company over in, that's based over there that's called, I think it's called Third Wave, I should know this, um, that talks a lot about you, the use of psychedelics in, uh, in microdoses as treatment for various different ailments or things, the human condition, many parts of it. So people can dive in there um, and see. But my experience with psilocybin has been nothing but positive. Also, I've never been like, hey, here's a cup of psilocybin, I'm just going to take the whole thing, you know, I, I'm prescriptive about how i take it when and why right yeah i know it's up for uh decriminalization i believe in oregon on the ballot this year so it should be interesting to see how that plays out i hope that you guys do that someone's got to soon are you yeah what, you have a few like more open-minded laws are there are you are you a concealed carry state is uh, that washington i, I don't even know no. i think that's not might even be. sure but yeah, like it's there's great stuff going on in Oregon. Food trucks, voodoo donuts, right? That's where it started. Yeah, absolutely. We got all that. Well, <laughs> so speaking of uh, kind of free uh, uh, biohacks, I, I know you mentioned another um, one before we started recording, which was uh, ice baths. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you notice with, with ice baths. Yeah, it's... Uh, for me, it connected a lot with the breath work. You know, many people have heard of Wim Hof, and then there's a, I'm an XPT certified coach, which is like Laird Hamilton, big wave, big wave surfer, and his wife Gabby Reese started an extreme performance training methodology that's about breath and how you train your body for performance, and that includes um, exposure training, which is either using the sauna or using ice. So real hot temperatures or real cold. And I have sort of fallen in love and, and had a romance with the ice bath. And I think it's 
something everybody should try at least once um, for a number of different reasons. But I, I last year did a 34 days straight ice baths and documented it all on social, just on my crazy warrior woman mode handle on Instagram. If you want to see that highlight reel, it's kind of nutty. Um, but it, I noticed there's a lot of benefits that come from the ice bath. I wanted to, like most things I didn't, I was like, I'm going to do this for 30 days before I tell anyone else to do it. Because if I can't do that and, and test and measure what I can, then I shouldn't be telling other people to do it, which is sort of mantra of mine. And I ended up doing 34 days because people get wind of it and they're like, I'm coming over, do another day, you know? But the ice bath moment is like, so let's up with that. And P.S. People can start with like a cold shower. You don't have to go super far left right into it oh my god head first you know you can start with a cold shower there's a lot of great effects you can start with cryo there's a lot of great effects typically in the literature or the science says that cryo and cold showers are great for like sort of short-term benefits pain management collagen and things like that um just feeling better energy but the long-term effect really where the rubber hits the road is plunging yourself into a tub full of ice probably doing a quick dunk of your head underneath, coming out, having it be, you know, 40 degrees or less, sub 40 degrees Fahrenheit, temperature wise. And the sweet spot, sweet spot seems to be, it's like debated and all the things, but it's like around three minutes as your minimum mark. I don't know. It's like, I really say the things that I've read that I like, that it's like, how do we get to six minutes? I don't care if it's one minute at a time, six times in a row where you warm up in between, you like you get out and get back in. Or predominantly, I try to have put people in the ice uh, three minutes, they get out, maybe they go in the sauna after a couple minutes, and then they go back into the ice and then they finish on cold. Or you just like in, in California, we have the, the benefit of having sun a lot of the year. So it's like, you just warm up and then you get back in. And by the end of my 34 days, I was like, I don't want to get in and out. I'm just getting in once. I'm just staying in for six minutes and dealing with it. And as long as it feels like safe for your body and you're with someone, it's, it's, it's not that it's easy. It's cold. People look at me before they get into their ice bath and they're like, this is going to be cold, right? And I want to say to them like, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> of course it is. Have you done one? Yeah. No, I'm a big fan. Oh, I, I, oh that's great. No, I, I noticed... Yeah, I mean, almost just like a drug effect from coming out of that or like cold plunges. Um, you know, there's lots of cool like outdoors spot, outdoorsy spots in Oregon to do that. Water's oh, freezing here. But yeah, like, I just feel incredible after getting out. Yeah. It's like this huge rush of, uh, of everything. Body, yeah, endorphins. And, yeah, it's like endorphins, oxytocin, everything. And it's like with the most amazing thing, I love that you brought that up and I love that you do that. And I also have a lot of FOMO that you have a body of water somewhere because when I set up an ice bath on my roof, I have to climb three flights of stairs with ice bags. And it's like, oh, a wow. work the ice. I also have a meat freezer thing too, but I'm like working on sealing it and redoing it. Um, and then I teach here now breath and exposure. So um, breath work followed by ice or ice and heat at a gym in Venice, California called Deuce. And they have a really great breath and exposure program. But the cool thing that you're talking about, which I love, is when you're in the ice, you have a sympathetic response. We use our breath quite often to mitigate that response or manage it so that we are calming our nervous system while we're in the ice and giving ourselves that small, dose of intentional stress we call hormesis we want to get nerdy and then 
making ourselves healthier from a longevity standpoint. But when we get out, that's the, that's the money. Because when you get out, you have a parasympathetic rebound. Basically, your body's like, okay, we're not going to die. And then you have that whole parasympathetic rebound, which is like a flush of oxytocin, especially if you're with other people. And then like all of these bliss chemicals in your brain. And my favorite moments of people, the first few times they, they do the ice plunge is they get out. And it's like they're almost like these uninhibited, beautifully happy I want to say children. And I mean, I put big executive women in the ice and like, they'll come out singing like Broadway show tunes. And, but it's just like this beautiful moment where you kind of get to see someone in their like innate, the innate person that they are, like their innate happiness because that happens. Right. And it is, it's a drug because it's, it's not a drug, but it's your brain chemicals are a drug. Right. So it's wild. Yeah. How much that can change. Yeah. I love that yeah. moment. I secretly am always like take, trying to take my camera and be like, oh, I want to capture this moment of these two women singing together, dancing around or laughing because it's so pure. Um, and it just, yeah, it reminds me every time of just like what I get to do for people by giving them just some cues and a little bit of coaching so that they can, they can triumph over the, the, the breath is like everyone can do that. The ice people are always more afraid than they need to be um, unless you have like some big medical condition, of course, but. Um, you get in the ice and you build mental toughness and you make better cold shock proteins and everything works better. Right. And I was actually going to ask you how you uh, integrate like the, uh, the breath work into, you said you added the gym in Venice, you integrate like the breath work into kind of like the cold and heat exposure. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Uh, we do like a 15 minute or so breath work uh, where everybody's just laying down and doing just always different, right? Different we're just trying to make different kind of uh, either downregulate their breathing, calm people, or like give them a little bit of a tasting menu, if you will, of like, this is what it feels like to excite the system and expand yourself. This is what it feels like to have uh, carbon dioxide, like air hunger, so that you're breathing health healthfully through your nose, but you're not breathing a lot. So it's like you're training your body to be able to be fitter, better, faster. Um, but, you know, through breath work over the long haul, obviously not one session. So first we have everyone do some breathing. And then that breathing, typically something we've done in the breathing translates to the ice. So like so many different ways to breathe, holotropic breathing and Wim Hof breathing and all these different ways of breathing. But I, uh, and if you've seen Wim, like he, they do a lot of like, um, you know, power position outside of the ice. They get in, they, they do 20 heavy breaths in and out. And that's cool. Like it works in its own right. There's a way that it works and it, it's pumping people up to get to do this experience and, and get to completion. But I prefer, and it might be that I work with more women, but I just prefer to downregulate the whole system before I get people in. I find that especially new people are like pretty nervous to go in or they're just, they're not even nervous. They're like in their head, like what's it going to be like? And I say the anticipation of the ice bath is worse than the ice bath itself. Well said. So we That's the, very true. <laughs> so true. So we do the we do the ice bath um, after the breath work, and it's a lot of times it's just like how when you get in, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. There's some response that's sympathetic. Your body's going to have. Everyone's different. Like they make a cute face, they smile, they laugh, they look like they're going to cry. They they don't know, or they're just normal. They go in and they're normal. But it's like how fast can you get from that mouth breathing? that is your probably shock to the temperature change reaction into nasal breathing so that I'm getting them to breathe in for four and out for eight, which is a very 
simple 2x breathing style that down regulates your nervous system and it kind of calms your focus and everybody's different so if somebody needs something else you know if somebody needs me to I don't know sing to them I'll do that too but you just find ways of creating a breath uh, some sort of nasal breathing or nose mouth breathing or very, in, in some cases breath holds are good something about holding your breath for a few seconds while you're above water because I do try to get people to dunk in the beginning but obviously they're not underwater um, they're just up to their neck and yeah something about holding your breath sort of in like lacking movement in the really chilly water maybe feel, makes you think that it's a little bit warmer <laughs> so you just use the tools you have depending on what we're trying to create at that breath response but that's why I like doing the breath work before there because you can give people a little bit of a fun journey that you can't you're not you know what happens you get in the cold and there's like one and a half things if you're lucky that you can focus on you're like living in the now moment and if you hear anything I say I'm lucky as a coach that you're following directions <laughs> because it's cold right that's to be expected right yeah awesome well uh Christian we're coming up on to the end of the show um tell me if our uh if the listeners want to find out kind of more about your work where would you direct them to yeah, they can come to warriorwomanmode.com online. It's sort of the portal to everything I do. Um, I, I have a podcast and stuff that links there that's all about optimal wellness and a biohacking road, roadmap for people who are sort of new to that. And uh, my meal plan is linked through there. It actually launches tomorrow. So but by the time this goes live, it'll be there. My awesome. meal plan is there. And then social on Instagram, that's where you see like a lot of the fun, crazy stuff and a lot of the tech. I try out a lot of technology and continuous glucose monitors and all this crazy stuff. And that's at Warrior Woman Mode on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy to DM with anyone and stay connected. Great. And if you guys uh, enjoyed the show today, go ahead and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're Roscoe's Wetsuit. And you can also find audio versions of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and we're now on Stitcher. So go ahead, check us out whichever way you want. Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much, Toby. It's super great to see you in person, and I um, look forward to hearing more episodes you put out. Absolutely.